Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! 
douchey the way that like he comes <laughs> off like I saw someone like go over to him to try and look I get it people might be approaching them like the whole time and they are humans and stuff like that but like someone went over to try to like you know stop him and like he just like kept walking he didn't want to talk to them then his boy was like um he's going to the game he's going to the game and I'm just like bro is it that serious like <laughs> whatever like come on man like I see like Dwayne Wade stopping and talking to people like certainly you can Desmond Bain so right. um but let me not like look I'm not here bashing or spreading rumors about that <laughs> it was just my observation in that moment he did not feel like talking to people um Terrence Mann like rolled by and like got in a car like it, there was just like mad people and so um the pictures that I tweeted I also met Festus Azili I don't even think I tweeted that picture I met Festus briefly um Ron Adams like he was walking to the bathroom and I was like Ron Adams <laughs> and he, <laughs> he like walked over and he's like hello and I'm like I'm a big fan and yeah. I really am a big fan of Ron Adams you know the thing I don't know if he knows how much I bash Steve Kerr but I am a fan of Ron Adams um, <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like where are you from and I'm like New York and he asked me I don't know why I can't remember what else he asked me but he asked me another question and I was like yeah yeah no I, I cover the team independently and I have a podcast like you gotta just let people know who you are so yeah. he's like oh okay um and so that was like basically it and then I congratulated him on like his award but he was a nice you know guy um he seemed like a chill dude yeah yeah he definitely was um Dikembo that was like totally random like I get on the air train after just landing in the airport and like Dikembo like gets on the air train like what like what is going on like why <laughs> are you even taking the air train um so yeah so I was just like are my eyes Deceiving me, you know, because no one else initially seemed to be reacting to him, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, nah, maybe this is just like a look-alike, but I'm like, nah, man. So I'm just like staring at him and he looks at me because like he's probably like, why is this woman staring at me? So I was just <laughs> like, you mind if I take a picture? Cause I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I was also exhausted myself and I was sitting down, so I ain't feel like getting up to get in the picture. But mm -hmm. I was like, Can I take a picture of you? So he was like, Yeah. And then he was with a woman and like, she was talking to me a lot because she liked my hair. So I talked to his companion more than him, but then like afterwards people started like taking pictures with him. And then like, when we got off the air train, like at the airport, like people just started going up to him and stuff like that. So that was like my welcome to summer league moment. Like that was like the first thing that happened. And then the jail and Brown thing was hilarious. Cause like literally we just got back to our hotel and we like pulled up and we like were walking like to go inside and then like his car pulled up and all of a sudden out comes Jalen Brown. And it was crazy. Cause like when we were at the arena for the day, I was like, I kept looking like, is that Jalen Brown? Like, I don't know why I had Jalen Brown on my mind, but I just was like, <laughs> I thought I was going to see Jalen Brown for some reason. So when he, I finally saw him, I was like, oh shit. I was like, I manifested this. Cause I really thought I was going to see you. He laughed. He was just like, you out here manifesting things. I was like, yup. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he was really nice. We were like, can we take a picture with you? He was like, yeah, sure. And he stopped, took a picture, um, you know, and then he was having an event that night, you know, he did, I think like on his socials, I saw him like put it up. I don't know exactly what it was after, 
I know like one person who attended, but it was mostly for players, but it was right downstairs in our hotel. I was like, how do I get into the V? How do I get in there? I didn't figure that out, but next time <laughs> I'm going to get in there. <laughs> like I manifested myself into this event. You got to let me in. He's like, <laughs> so overall it was pretty cool. I Dwayne Wade, he was at the, I had went into like one of the Utah jazz games and he was there and my friend really is mad at me because I was going to like at the end, like I was going to take a picture of him and like right when I was walking like to do it, I bumped into someone I knew who uh, I had to talk to. So we went outside and we were talking because it was like halftime. And then I came back and I spotted D Wade. He was like still like on the bench. So I'm like, she's like my friend is texting me because she like Dwayne Wade is her favorite player and she's like oh my god like please like tell me every single thing that's happening so <laughs> I'm like I got you I'm like get a picture and also because like she had tweeted a long time ago um she's gonna be modeling like his like brands and mm. he responded and quoted her like with like you know like the speaker emoji like oh, yeah. whatever that emoji is so she's like remind him like who I am I was gonna do it like I don't care so I like have my eye on him the whole time. And then I take my eye off for one second to like, look at my phone, yo. And then he was gone and I could not oh, find him. I'm like, shit. cause I was literally like, I was like here and he was here. Like, that's how close we were. Um, so it's really wild. Like how I saw Joel Anthony, I saw Baron Davis. He's probably the only person that I was like disappointed. I didn't get to talk to cause I wanted to talk to him, but he was with people and it just felt really clear that I would have been like interrupting. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk to him cause he had tweeted um, uh, like at least within the last two months, it was fairly recent. And he was like, wanted to know about women content creators like who create basketball content. And even though I responded in the thread, like, of course he didn't reply to me. So I wanted to be like, Hey, I'm one of those people. What's up? <laughs> I'm at your service. <laughs> so, um, but that didn't happen. So, and then I just like met up with like people who I already like knew, which is always cool to like meet people in person. So yeah. like my overall take on it, like, just like, if you just want to go as a fan, I think you should go. Like, it's really accessible, like, to the extent that you can get to Vegas, right? But, like, people think Vegas is really expensive, and I know being expensive is, like, a subjective thing, but there's so many deals right now to be in Vegas, like, you know, deals on hotels. I really feel like you can get a reasonably priced, like, deal. Um, so, yeah, like, just go. Cause like the games, it's not expensive to go and you can actually even get tickets on the day of the games, you know? And I think they charge, like, if you go in late at night where there's only like a, like a handful of games left, then I think it's like cheaper, but like for the day to go to the games for the day, they, that's how they charge. They don't do like single games. It's like 50 something dollars. And oh, then like, you okay. can just like beat like, that's it, you know? Yeah. So each day, but you know, so it's just a very accessible things for like fans. Like if you want to meet NBA players and be near them, it's like, cool, you know, you could, you know, do that. So, um, and then if you're someone who's like on the come up, I think it's good too. I definitely think it's better to be credentialed 
Um, and so that's my goal, right? Next mm-hmm. year, remember it, you're on today with me, Justin. So next year, this time, I will be credentialed. <laughs> that's Manif- the, another manifestation. Another right manifestation. Yes, that's what I'm going to work on. Um, I definitely think it would improve the in- experience, but I wouldn't like, I would still do this again, you know? So it was definitely fun for me as a fan. Fun for me is just like, wow. Um, and then there's just all the little tea that you get. And like, that's cool because people are starting to drop tea to me. So I feel <laughs> like an insider, but there's also the tea that you get just by like observing things, you know, like, or, or people who like, work in the hotel saying things and not knowing who's around and listening so there's lots of little things that i heard i was like (laughs) okay is that what's happening all right let me keep it moving so it's uh interesting (laughs) okay yeah no Uh, definitely i definitely we'll talk about that offline though because i ain't gonna be telling nobody Mm -mm, nah, i ain't gonna be one of them people (laughs) but it was definitely definitely it was fun, fun time. So I uh, just want to share that little nugget with you guys about Summer League in case anyone was curious what it's about, what's going on. But let's get into the games now because there were, for that Summer League, I think the Warriors so far have played three games. I missed the first one because I think the first one was on the Friday because Summer League started last Thursday. Um, I didn't get out there till Saturday morning. Um yeah, that's the other thing. If you're going to go, it is a really long period because it's like it started on Thursday and goes through next weekend. But I really do think going in on the earlier end is better. Like mm-hmm. I was told like to be there for the middle and I kind of left in the middle. So maybe we'll see like there because there were a couple of people I knew coming in like that just came in. But I do think being there for the opening weekend is like the better thing. Like people really seem to be out there for like the first couple of days. So I, that was just my initial observation from my first one. So I missed that first game on Friday because I wasn't there yet, but I was there for the game on Sunday and I was there for the game yesterday where they acted like they didn't feel like playing basketball. So um, Mm -hmm. there's been three games now so far. And I, you know, um, yes, the yesterday's game was the first one where all three of the young guys played together. I think Quinn has played in all of them too, mm-hmm. um, Quindary, but um, not like heavy minutes all the time. Right. So, and then there's uh, this McClung guy and there's Santos. Um, those are some of the names that have kind of like you've heard and people have been talking about. So I would love to get your thoughts, um, Justin, because first of all, I, uh, you know, I actually haven't been that tuned in with the TL, but um, from what I'm seeing, the timeline seems to be split on McClung and whether he can be of any value. Um, and I have people telling me that they would prefer Chioza over him. And I think those people are crazy, um, but maybe I'm <laughs> wrong. Um, and then I see some people still bashing Wiseman. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's some, like, I felt like Wiseman had like some good things that he showed, you know, I did, I like, I certainly don't see a reason to like bash him. And I see things that he needs to improve, but like, this is his first, this is his first basketball, in, like so many years. I feel like we need to manage expectations. That's sort of how I feel. Um, 
you know, Moses kind of had like a really cold night in yesterday's game and then got like a little bit better, started doing other things, attacking. Um, I thought actually yesterday was one of Kaminga's better games. Like in the beginning too, he started off slow, but I thought he got better. But like in some of the other first couple of games I saw, I thought he was sort of, I don't know, maybe it was like a little bit too much isolation, you know, basketball for me. So those were just like my quick observations because like I'm watching the games, but I'm also like talking and having conversations. So I'm mm-hmm. not as tuned into the games as I should be. Um, I thought Santos was like steady the whole time. I don't know if they're really considering him for like a two way or to like, like, you know, a camp invite to try to make the team. But he seemed to just be a smart player who did good things mm-hmm. on the court. And then McClung, like McClung had his moments, but I know people felt like he was like looking to get his, you know, his own first and maybe not distributing the way he needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also like a part of me that understands like why players are playing like that, right? They're trying to make the team. So they're trying to show what they're capable of. I don't know enough about his background to know, like, is he a player that will like buy in? But like, if he were to even make the Warriors team, you're talking about a guy who's probably on a two-way, right? Like he's not gonna be like, you know, I to me, he can handle, he can pass, he can actually score, shoot a little bit. To me, I feel like I would prefer that skill set over Chioza, who can uh, get guys, I guess, into order or a game manager. But I feel like that's what, you know, Chioza was. I feel like that's what um, Wanamaker was. Like, and I know that Kerr likes those guys, but those guys make me angry when they're on the court. And like Chioza, like, he really used to make me angry because he would just dribble the air out the ball and then, like, at the last minute, like, pass it for someone to do something. Like, I didn't even see him doing that much organizing, to be honest. Like, I didn't see the value in him. So I could see the value in a guy like a McClung. And also, like, there are other players that none of these guys may even make it. We don't know, like, who the Warriors are looking at. So those were my high-level thoughts. So, like, what you give me, like, the breakdown now, please, on each of these guys, what you were seeing. Okay. Um, I'll start with the the non, like, rookie warrior, like, actually okay. roster players. Um, Mac, he's a player that was like highly touted in, in high school. If you look up his name on YouTube, he has a ton of like uh, like hoop mixtapes and stuff like that. Freak athlete, crazy dunks and stuff like that. Um, he went to Georgetown. I actually seen him a few times because you know I live in DC, so I've seen him around a few times. But I think they invited him just because they know he's a player that can, you know, that can actually hang out there in in that type of environment. Um, I'm not sure if they instructed them to, you know go out there and just play your game or go out there and try to set up the Warriors, like young players or whatever right. it may be. Um, but he's definitely out there, you know, looking to get a job, whether it's with the Warriors or whether it's with a team that has a little bit more opportunity in space. Right. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of like how the G League and Summer League kind of goes, right? It's just those guards that are just trying to break into the NBA, just kind of dominating everything and just not necessarily looking for bigs and stuff like that on the roll. Um, so that's not really, unex- that's not, wasn't, that wasn't something that I didn't expect. Um, I think in this type of environment, Chioza might be a little bit better just because he would make it more of an effort to get Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody the ball. Now, when right you say away. in this environment, are you saying in a summer league environment or in general, an environment like on the Warriors? Um, 
in an environment in which they're trying to give reps to Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody that isn't an actual NBA game. Um, I mean, like an actual, you know, regular season or whatever type of game, Chiozo would probably be better because he's that type of guard that just defers to other players and sets other players up. Whereas McClung is a guy who's looking for his own shot. So in that circumstance, you know, it's you end up with Wiseman only taking six shots or whatever in the game. You end up with Kaminga having to essentially bring the ball up for himself and then create at the top of the key, which might not be his strong suit at this point in his career. And do you think Mac is the kind of guy like you're not going to be able to get him to buy in and like distribute more like he just is who he is? I think if they say, hey, if you do this, we're going to sign you, he would do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think he's he's more so trying to showcase his his best attributes, which is his athleticism and his creativity with the ball. Um, so, I mean, he was with the Lakers on a 10 day last year. Um, he's probably just like going to be in that kind of like fringe NBA player type of space for a little bit before he can, you know, get another opportunity somewhere, potentially with the Warriors in a two-way. Um, right now, the Warriors have Lester Quinones signed on a two-way, but as if, if people don't know, you can kind of remove a two-way contract, like almost right. like one, um, and just replace it with another player. So he's not necessarily sticking in that spot. Um, as of right now, uh, as far as Guy Santos, I think he's still under contract with his team in Brazil. So he would have to be bought out from them um, to be brought into the NBA and potentially on a two-way, whatever the case may be. Um, so I think he's more so like a draft and stash type of deal, kind of like okay. Justin and Jessup, but I don't think they'll ever bring Jessup up. He just <laughs> he doesn't look great. <laughs> no. Game looks a little bit too fast, a little bit too athletic for him. Um, and he's not dead eye of a shooter enough for him to – you know, be like one of those Duncan Robinson types where it's just right. game might be too fast, but he can still play. Um, getting into like, you know, Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody, I think everyone can agree that Moody's look the most, you know, calm, steady, consistent out of them. You can see the high-end talent that Kaminga and Wiseman bring just with their size and their athletic ability. You know, Kaminga just, he, he's so strong for his size. He's so agile. At six eight six nine, he moves like a like a small player, right? So that's why he's they're deploying him at point of attack on defense. He's picking up guys ninety four feet. He's guarding guys like J D. Davidson, who is one of the freakiest athletes uh, potentially in this rookie class coming up. And he's you know just kind of just sticking with him the whole time. So you can see the upside for these guys, but you can also see that they're super young. Um, you know, they make a few mistakes here and there that you're just kind of like, why did you even think of doing that type of thing? Right. But, they're 19, 20, 21 years old. So you can only expect that, especially when they, they haven't been in an environment like a Houston or a Memphis or these other places where young guys are expected to play 25, 30 minutes a game and play 60, 70 games in their rookie season. Um, so, you know, you just, you, you know what to expect and you just kind of look for the little things they can potentially improve on, like why isn't it being a little bit more physical I think that's the main thing he should be focusing on right now, just being able to, you know, assert his dominance as far as his size, because he is one of the biggest players in the NBA, right? He's over seven foot. He has massive arms, his shoulders are broad, and he's, you know, he's explosive. So he can kind of use that to his advantage. But it seems like sometimes he's a little bit too focused on what's going to happen next. Maybe he's trying to anticipate something and it just, the play passes him by, the opportunity to assert himself passes him by. 
Um, but then he'll have a moment out of nowhere where he just throws somebody out the way, grabs a rebound, and puts it back to dunks. And it's like, you can do that every do that play. more every time. You know what I mean? Like, you can do that pretty much every play in this environment. Nobody can stop you. Um, and with Kaminga, it's not necessarily the opposite, but you see him asserting his, you know, his physical dominance a lot more. Like, he's trying to get to the rim, barrel through people. He's trying to use his speed and his athleticism and strength and go through people. But you, you kind of want to bring him back down a little bit and say, hey, you probably could have passed and cut. You probably could have did a little bit more off the ball. You know what I mean? You don't have to play hero ball and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's just those two guys getting a lot more reps and experience and understanding what's going to stand out for them in these next one to two to three years as players um, a part of a team. Um, but you can see why, you know, people are, are high on them in year four, five, six of their career and the, the ceiling they can potentially reach. Right. And one would imagine that when they're playing on the floor with guys like Steph and Dre and just like smarter players and better players, they'll they'll look better um, in general. So I think that's what my guess is Warriors management is banking on to like say that they can still help and contribute it because they'll be a little bit more contained in those settings. Yeah. And it's and it's weird because. Summer League is an environment that they're going to be put in positions where they will never be put in. Well, not never, but they they won't be put in with the main team. Like, you're not going to ask Kaminga to bring the ball up when he's playing with the main guys. You're not going to ask Wiseman to have a post-up isolation, you know, stuff like that. Um, so it's you, you kind of like you got to take what you see with a grain of salt. Like you got to understand what the environment is. And it's going to be very, very different from what the regular season is and the playoffs is with this team um understanding why is going to get the ball in a lot more advantageous situations you know Steph's going to draw two people clay is going to draw two people draymond is going to be able to give those connective passes better than anybody in the summer league can so um just understanding that their roles are going to be a lot smaller but also keeping in mind that they're young players and you know their their mind might be i want to have a bigger role you know what i mean so hopefully having guys around, like potentially bringing Andre back and just the overall vets of the team, just kind of making sure that they understand the bigger picture is going to be huge for them in their development. Um, What did you think of Quinn? Do you think he's going to get a roster spot? Like- I think, he, yeah, I think he's an NBA player for sure. Um, I tweeted like probably like a, the other day or, or a week ago or so that he's GP2 light. People kind of like, there's some people like, yeah, some people like relax. I think he is too. I think he is too. I think, I mean, like GP2 is obviously a nuclear player and what he what he does, his skill set, he's the best player in the league at what he does. But the skill set itself, Quindary has the same skill set, right? Being able to pick guys up, point of attack, 94 and feet. And I think Quinn is maybe a little bit of a better offensive player. Yeah, I mean, and what he does well, like, I mean, he's, he's better at the things that GP2 doesn't do well, like shooting the ball, um creating off the dribble for himself he's a good finisher inside gp2 is like 75 80 percent at the rim so gp2 has him in that aspect he's a little bit more explosive of an athlete but quindary has like six nine six ten wingspan or something like that he, he and he'll get more opportunities though to finish at the rim so that percentage could you know it can go, go up, up and skyrocket for sure for sure i think he should he's really smart roster. like he always knows when to cut 
like exactly. where to rebound. He just like knows where to be on the court. Like that's what I've observed. Exactly. I mean, he's like, he's like a Warriors player. Those, those guys that just understand the read and react, understand how to cut off the ball on both sides of the ball, understanding rotations and because the Warriors defense can be complex for a lot of people. And I think he'll fit right in. And we saw a few times in the regular season last year that he fits right in. So yeah, I think he makes the roster. Um, I would like to see the Warriors add one or two more front court veterans. I agree. Um, kind of, you know, who take could those off. be? Um, based think, on what you see that's left available in the market. Some names that's been thrown around is like uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez uh, or Bo Cruz, if you've seen the movie Hustle. Um, he's a guy that can kind of stretch the floor a little bit, physical, six nines ish, you know, defender type. Good role player. He played for the Celtics last year. I don't think he finished the season for them, but he's decent. He can slide in there. Markeith is another guy that's still available. He had the injury last year after the tussle with Jokic, but if he can get his health back in order, he's a guy that can stretch the floor, be physical inside, grab some rebounds. Um, a lot of Warriors fans don't like this guy, but Blake Griffin is another guy, you know, just big body, physical, just somebody that can eat 10 minutes a game in the regular season to kind of save Dre's legs, save Loon's legs, stuff like that. Um, Sometimes he shoots well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think in the season, he's going to shoot wide open. So, like, he, I anticipate he'll shoot a lot better. And he can pass, too. So he's, he's another guy who's pretty smart. His body's been kind of failing him over the years. But I think if they can, you know. They can manage him. We know that they know how to manage players. Exactly. And their exactly. bodies. Yeah, so I think adding one of those guys would go a long way. And I think Quindary should probably get one of those other three spots as well. Okay, so yeah, I mean, they need to get like two more vets, but I don't know like who they're getting. Um, with the addition of Dante, do you still think like Patrick Beverly would be a fit? Because I still see people talking about him. And I kind of like, I don't know if we need like another guard. He'd be... Um... He wouldn't be filling a need at this point. He would just be making the Warriors' strengths even better, right? I think the Warriors' defense was so good last year because their point of attack and their rotations were were preventing people from getting shots at the rim, right? They, it's how they pretty much won a championship without a, without a legit rim protector, right? Draymond used to be that, but he's aged. He doesn't have the vertical you know, ability that he used to have, especially after that back injury. So they just said, okay, we won't, we can't protect the rim the same way, but we can just make sure you can't get to the rim at all by just staying in front of you the whole time. So I think adding a guy like Patrick Beverly, you know, having the guys they already have and Dante DiVincenzo and even maybe Quindary, they'll they'll have just as strong of a perimeter group as they had last year, and they'll be able to just you know keep people out of the paint. Okay. What do you think about like some of the other, and we don't need to get into them in detail, but I guess what my question actually is, is have there been any moves around the league that you've seen that make you say like, this team can really threaten the Warriors? Not saying like the Warriors are unbeatable because like, like I think the Clippers are one of those teams in the West, but mm -hmm. like, are there other teams that you're just like, nah, man, like they are just now on paper better than the Warriors and like, it's going to be an issue. Um, I wouldn't say that. I feel like as long as your main guys are still there, which they are for the Warriors, you know, the top five or six players are still in the Warriors, then that core can play against any other team's core. But as far as the top to bottom roster, 
Um, obviously, Boston got a lot better by adding Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari. They essentially ran out a rotation of like seven or eight players through the entire playoffs. Um, so you can see how that caught up with them, you know, getting into the finals, even though it didn't affect their shooting. It kind of affected, you know, their defensive right. rotations might have been a little bit uh, slower. Um, just it was just a war of attrition for them. So just adding another player like Brogdon, who's another body that they can add, also another ball handler that kind of slows down their offense when need be because they they got into some issues getting into them, getting some good shots generated. And then Gallinari is a guy who can add a little bit more offense, and then he's a, another playable player that they have that can save some other guy's legs. So Boston, for sure. Um, other than that, I don't think any teams added players that make them that make me say, okay, they can give the Warriors some issues. But players that are that were injured last year that are going to be healthy this year, obviously the Clippers, the Nuggets, um, the Bucks, they're good, good. They're going to get Chris Middleton back. So those three teams stand out as well as just being able to add their own guys back from injury. So are the Nuggets going to be a good defensive team? I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be kind of like Dallas was last year, where it's like they can defend certain matchups. Their numbers are going to look good in the regular season just by, you know, just the regular season. But when it gets to a playoff series, teams are going to put Michael Porter Jr. and Jokic and Jamal Murray in the pick and roll time after time after time again. And if they cannot defend that, I don't think the guys that they added can make up for that. I don't think KCP and Bruce Brown um, can make up for the you know, the issues that, that you're presented when you put those guys in pick and roll. So now yeah. if Kyrie were to go to the Lakers, would you be worried about the Lakers? <clears throat> worried? No, I would definitely acknowledge them as a contender at that point, given, you know, Kyrie and AD play, you know, I mean, really Kyrie, AD and LeBron, all of them have had, whether it be injury issues or it's just like, you know, the off the core political issues that kept them from playing a lot of games. So if they can play most of the season to, to get their chemistry together, develop, you know, playoff rotations and they go into the playoffs healthy, then I can acknowledge them as a team that can be a threat for sure. Um, you give LeBron another ISO score in Kyrie um, and then LeBron and AD, two of the freakiest players in the NBA as far as what they can do on both ends of the court. So they will always be a threat for sure, but I would I wouldn't say that they would be a team that I would pick the to beat the Warriors for sure. I wouldn't. And what about Kevin Durant to the Suns? If he goes to the Suns and they're able to keep Booker and Chris Paul, um, I still wouldn't pick them to beat the Warriors. I think their issues will still be the same, right? Because um, they're gonna lose I, some of their wing depth, though, right? Like right. in that, okay, right. Let me rephrase that. I don't think their issues would be the same, but they will have the same ceiling as a team because they will have some issue, like a glaring issue, right? Whereas last year, they had a great defense and they had a good floor of Chris Paul and Devin Booker generating offense, but they did not have that second gear um, of offense that can be generated once those guys kind of get shut down a little bit. They will be able to get that if they add Kevin Durant, but they would lose a lot on the defensive end if they lost Aiden and Bridges and Cam Johnson and Jay Crowd and all those guys too. So um, if you just take Kevin Durant and put him on the Suns right now without losing anybody, then for sure they'd be a really, really good team, potentially could beat the Warriors. But if in a trade scenario, I can't see them making up that gap. Okay. Especially as CP3 is aging. 
Yeah, I'm anxious to just see how the Warriors are going to fill out the rest of the roster. Um, because I just want to know. I want to be able to kind of talk about them, you know, like and like better, you know, and it's hard because we just don't know what they're going to do. And I feel like I feel like the Warriors in some way always kind of surprise a little bit or do things a little delayed, right? I remember like it didn't really work out that well, but like all of a sudden we got DeMarcus Cousins and no one saw that coming. And then like free agency started, it seemed like everyone was getting picked up. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, Otto Porter. And then like, you kind of felt a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know? And then like this year, that, that I didn't freak out this year, but that's how people were like, ah, ah, nothing's happening. And then mm-hmm. Dante got signed, you know? So like, they just kind of come out of nowhere with, you know, people, um, I don't know if there's potential buyout candidates anywhere. So, but I just, I would like the roster to be filled out and completed. So I'm looking forward to that happening. Um, So I hear that uh, Stephen Curry is the second best player since Jordan (laughs) or second only to Jordan. That's that's what the streets are saying, Justin. Streets don't lie too much either. What did you think about that Bobby Marks take? Because, you know, it's so funny that I literally was having a conversation with um, one of my girls um, and um, one of the hoopstresses, actually, I don't know if you know her, Malika, but we were actually on the phone and we were, because uh, we, she's a Nats, she like covers the Nats and she's a Nats person, so um, she also, you know, covers the WNBA, um, for the Hoopstresses. And so like, she's just so distraught about like her nets, like just, you know, <laughs> right. Well, understandably. And, and then we just started talking about the warriors and stuff and other things. And we were talking about, she's like, I really think like Steph can get to like six or seven. Like, that's what she's saying to me is like, you know, a Nets fan. I was just like, yeah, I like, I think if Steph didn't lose those two years, I really thought seven was possible. Um, I don't think it's impossible, but it's a lot harder losing those two seasons. Um, but I, I think five is, I think five is very possible. And I think six is reasonably possible. Um, and you know, just kind of talking about like his legacy and what it would be and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know, people don't listen when Steph talks, like that's why all this other shit, like Steph wants to be in those conversations like he's very aware of his legacy he's very aware of like how things are remembered which is why I think a lot of this stuff doesn't bother him because he's been around so much he knows like when Jordan won his first ring Lakers players were hurt key guys no one talks about that they just say like Jordan beat the Showtime Lakers like no one's gonna remember that shit right so he understands that right and um but like he said enough to let you know that he wants to be up there in the pantheon. Like he wants to be discussed in those conversations. Um, so he's going to do what needs to be done, you know, to, to make that happen. And I think people are very, it always annoys when people say, Oh, Steph doesn't care about these things. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Like, because he doesn't put it out there like LeBron and Kevin Durant don't think it doesn't matter to him. It does. And you don't reach the heights that he has reached without having that competitive desire in your, you know, burning inside you. He's a maniacal work work ethic for a reason because he wants to be the best that he can possibly be. Yeah. And he knows 
that the best that he can possibly be is up there with those. Yes. <laughs> so it doesn't even make sense to say that he doesn't care about the stuff. He's just, you know, he's a guy that doesn't, he's not very rah-rah about it. And he's not very petty in the sense of, you know, trying to bring other people down and doing the other weird stuff that a lot of other stars would do. Right. But he definitely wants to be up there. He does. And so like, I've always said this, you know, cause I, like I've said before, I've had this conversation Jay Thompson, another person who people may see on Twitter, I said to her, I was like, I think when Steph's career is said and done, he's going to finish on Rushmore. I think he's like, it'll be like universally accepted that he's a top five player all time or mostly accepted um, by the time his career is done. I've said that before. Um, and I remember she thought that was a spicy take. And I'm like, I, I don't think it is. And it's not that she didn't think that it was possible. She just, she didn't think that like people would accept that because of like what she sees. I'm like, he's gonna make it so that it won't matter like it's just like his his resume is gonna be like undeniable so I've always said that but I've also said to people I was like listen I watched a lot of basketball and he is the second best player I've seen since Jordan like with my eyes he has to get the he has to do the resume right like so I still don't have him as second yet but I was just like after Jordan he is the player that I've seen that I'm just like, wow, he's the second best to me. So when Bobby Mark said that, I was like, oh, people are starting to see the vision. They're starting to see the vision. But I just, I wanted to know what your thoughts were on it. Um, Cause mm -hmm. we've kind of talked about all time rankings before and stuff. And we differ a little bit um, in particular with respect to LeBron, but you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that you think that like, you're like, there's not five guys better than Steph. So I know you think he's like up there. For sure. For sure. And like you said, the resume has to, you know, just be up just a little bit to legitimize, I guess, the claim that he's the best since Jordan and stuff like that. But like I said before, um, those guys that are all there, like as players alone, if you just look at a five year peak or whatever the case may be, it's not a lot of separation between those guys. Like, no. Yeah, especially if you look at, say, what is what is LeBron's peak? I don't know, like 2013, his, his first ring to his last ring. Is that his peak? Over that period, you can say Steph has been just as good. You know what I mean? Other than the, the first two Miami rings before Steph stepped into superstardom, from Steph's first MVP to present, you can make a legitimate argument that he's been the best player in the league over that stretch. LeBron James has played all of that stretch in his prime. So if you can say that he's been just as good or right there with LeBron, who many consider to be the greatest of all time, then why can't Steph be up there with those well, this guys? Is what, this is why I just always laugh at like, I, I'm, I listen, of all people, LeBron fans ain't going to tell me who I can consider because they were saying that man was second best and with Jordan before he even got he any even, of that shit. Yeah, for sure. And so like, like, we're talking about this and we're still saying like Steph has to, you know, do some things, get like, right. And then they're still saying like, but he still can't be in that conversation. Fuck out of here. Like y'all can kiss my ass. So, right. you know, th that group is not going to be the one to tell me anything, but I, I just, I don't understand. Like when I hear people still saying like Steph is like for sure top 15, I'm like, I can't even take you seriously. Like if you're saying anything outside of the top 10, like we're not in those discussions anymore. Yeah. There's no, there are not 14 guys who have better resumes than Steph. Like, what are you telling me right now? It is right. insanity for you to be looking at a player of his, like if he was a few inches taller, 
you would man. you would not be saying nothing about no fucking top 15 like shut or up a few shades, or a few shades darker yeah i was gonna say that too but i was trying <laughs> to not i was trying not to go there today <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've had people legitimately tell me they don't like steph because he didn't come from a humble background yeah. because he didn't grow up right. with it's like that's just the weirdest thing ever to me. But I mean, what's his name? What? Not Stephen Jackson, the other one who does all the smoke. Um, Matt Barnes. Barnes, yeah. I mean, he said like, yeah, when Steph came around, I was like you know, like he came from like a two parent household, or he said he mentioned something about like. Mm-hmm. I was just like, what? Like I, this is crazy to me. It's funny because Kobe did, right? I'm pretty and sure Kobe. Ka- yeah, he his, his dad was in the NBA, so he he wasn't poor growing up, like. No, like not at all. I know the area Kobe <laughs> came from because I went to school in that area and I know people like, cause Kobe and I are like, he's, he's a few years older than, well, he was a few years older than me, but like, like I was in school in college. I went to school in Philly and like, there were people in school with me who like were his classmates. So mm. like, I always kind of felt like I knew Kobe. Cause like, I knew a lot of people like around him and the area that Marion, whatever it's called, Upper Marion, whatever Marianne. it is, like that area is a very nice area of, mm-hmm. of Pennsylvania. And uh, Kyrie's another one I laugh at. Like Kyrie's not from the hood. His father, his people are, but Kyrie did not grow up in the hood. Like no matter how he plays Rucker Park basketball, like that's not, that's why I laugh when people are like, and even Russ, Russ grew up like in a nice family environment. Like Paul George, I mean, people, clown him for other things but i'm just saying like yeah like this thing y'all have against steph like he's not the only guy right it's it's kind of like the grant hill thing but like 10 times more you mm. know like when the michigan guys and like grant hill because he went to duke and all that shit i don't know if you remember that back in the day um but he kind of got that a little bit yeah with the uh you don't know with the fat five yeah like yeah, yeah. All right, Justin, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for hopping on with me. Um, I definitely am going to be tapping into you again as I put out episodes um, over the summer. But, you know, guys, thank you for tuning in. Remember that over the, over, over the off seasons, I shouldn't just say summer, um, episodes will be coming more like every other week, right? So um, tune in but it's just going to be on a different frequency, but unless something happens and if something happens, you know, we have you covered on all that and also on golden spaces on, on Twitter. So we will be around, but like, we're not just going to come on to come on. Like, you know, when there's something to discuss, y'all will hear from us. Right. So until next time, continue to enjoy this warriors championship, Justin, thank you. All right. Take care. Mm-hmm.